If able, please stand for the call to worship. With all that is within us, let us let us bless God. Who lifts us from rock bottom, who crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. Let us give our praise, thanks to God, who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen.
Good morning and worship. Well, welcome to worship here at Southside Baptist Church. Um, it's uh, one of those days where some may have decided to sleep in a little bit longer today with all the rain and clouds, but we're glad that you were uh, ready to get up and be here together as we worship the one true and living God. Southside Baptist Church is in the heart of Five Point South, building an inclusive community of grace, first in this community and then beyond. And we hope that as everyone came in today, members and guests alike, that you are all greeted warmly, that we uh, celebrate the life that is within us because of Jesus Christ. We would like to extend a, a special welcome to those who are guests today, and many of you are here uh, today, and we want to have a record of everyone's attendance, so you'll see at the end of each pew a little blue booklet there, and you can put your name in there if you will, and we'll have um, everyone who attends uh, name there, hopefully. We want to also extend our welcome by passing the peace of Christ. And so in just a moment, if you will, take a moment to stand up and greet those close to you and tell them, may the peace of Christ be with you. today in his sermon series, which is Pathway of Prayer. Today is reverence, obviously the holy, holy, holy as a theme. We'll be hearing uh, a variety of musical settings of that as well in as the Our, Our Father. If you are joining us, we will hope you will join us each Sunday. And may I add my own greetings to everyone. Um, I'm, uh, it, I'm not just muttering to myself, by the way, up here. Uh, while you all are greeting one another, I've decided that it might be good at least to test it out to go back to what we used to do in the old radio days when we were live on WAPI and for me to uh, make a little bit of a uh, hello or a statement or something to uh, uh, our live stream uh, YouTube uh, viewers, listeners, and or those who are uh, going to view us afterwards. There's nothing worse than dead air, by the way. Uh, uh, that's from my back, back my old radio days, sorry. Uh, but uh, I, I will uh, try to keep it subtle and uh, glad to see everyone here that is uh, greeting one another so richly. Um, we are, of course, today uh, celebrating another in our homily series, uh, Pathway of Prayer. Uh, with Dr. Roxford. Today is on reverence. As if you haven't already seen, we are doing some settings of Holy, Holy, Holy and the Lord's Prayer. Um, in just a little while, we'll uh, be grateful to have uh, the, these places taken by uh, Brent Thompson and, and Liz Daugherty, uh, who are uh, joining us, as well as uh, Cheryl Simonetti. For uh, Last week was a kind of a Hollywood romantic sort of uh, our, our father. This week is a Hispanic uh, kind of, um, uh, is the word laid back okay? I don't know, it, it, but you'll see what I mean. It's a very lovely uh, little 
little tune. And uh, if after a while you actually get to uh, kind of thinking about it, you, this one you, you sing along. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, it will be in Spanish. And uh, we, we printed the Spanish in the bulletin knowing that you probably already know the English, okay? Uh, so I'm not going to be totally redundant about that sort of thing. Then later in the service, there are some other uh, settings, both of the holy, holy, holy uh, and portions that we would know. Um, may we uh, continue, though, for now, as we go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we know you are holy. We know you are. We need to know you. We need to know you in ourselves and in all that we do. Help us to do that. Help us to know you more fully as we search ourselves and the scriptures, as we listen to the word read and preached and sung in this hour. And may we spread it to a world so much in need. For that we give you thanks. Amen. May we stand as we sing together. Hymn number nine, please.
first scripture lesson today is found in the book of Isaiah, the sixth chapter, verses one through eight. This is the call of Isaiah, his commission. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Here ends our first lesson from Scripture. Our second reading is from the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 4, and reading verse 2 through verse 8. At once I was in the Spirit, and there in heaven stood a throne, with one seated on the throne. And the one seated there looked like jasper and carnelian, and around the throne is a rainbow that looks like an emerald. Around the throne are 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones are 24 elders dressed in white robes with golden crowns on their heads. Coming from the throne are flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne burn seven flaming torches, which are the seven spirits of God. And in front of the throne there is something like a sea of glass, like crystal. Around the throne and on each side of the throne are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, the third living creature like a, with a face like a human face, and the fourth living creature like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and inside. Day and night without ceasing they sing, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Good morning. How are you all? I know this is uh, a change, and even at why are we here? Even as young as you are, Jack, you're concerned about a little bit of change, right? You want to make sure everything's right. Well, we're on this side because there are two guitars over there, and we were afraid that they might. You know, it's just not much room, and we could tip one over, maybe. Not that you're going to be up walking around much, but still, you probably better, better be careful, right? I want to get you to help me do something today. You may have to come around a little bit closer, Abby, because we're going to have to, I'm going to have all, all of your help here. I want you to help me take one of these right here. We're going to all draw on this piece of paper here. Huh? Well, you have to put, do your part, okay? So if we had, if we had a, a plate, something like this. Maybe we're looking at this as being a fairly large building, right? I want you all to help me fill in what would be if this were the front of the church, the church building. What would you, here, don't you want to put in? What do you see when you're out there after worship every Sunday? What do you see? You want to, here, you can, you got to write it in there. You got to throw it in there for me. Here, Jack. Jack, William. Hey, draw them in for me. Now, let's see. Everybody have a, have a chance. No, those are columns that they're drawing in. I'm not sure it's going to pass code when we, be th when we get through, Valerie. But <laughs> we, may, we may have a hard time getting these plans through building inspectors. But all of you have your own pen except Mr. Martini. And he needs to put something on there. Why do you think we're doing that like this? Why are we all doing a part of it? Have you done Jack? You got the plants on the side, that's right. Right, well, the reason is that, you know, look at, look at the pens that you all have. Now, you, you chose those, basically. I mean, I gave one or two of them. But you're all doing your part, okay, to make an image or a picture of what you see every week and we call it the church building and all of these people are church members right going in that's the church the people of the church but all of you have a part in making it even as small or as young as you might be or as old as some of us are our part is important and also everyone brings a little bit of different added color and ideas and creativity to it as well some of you saw the plants and remember those. Others saw the columns. Some of you saw the things around it, the street. So all of those are important. And you all have a part in making this church, the people, and the church what it is. You're about through. They're adding much to this. Uh, they're expanding the church, by the way, both in maybe in numbers, but also in, in size and ministries, it looks like. So we will all right you can uh, i'll give you a piece of paper to take with you when you go back okay but what you want to remember is this you all have a part in doing this right and every week you have a part in making the church who it is and what we are engaged in okay so let's all prepare thanks that we have a place to attend and be who we are before god and with one another father we thank you for these children 
and for the fact that you call each of us from the youngest to the oldest to do our part in making your kingdom, your church, what you desire it to be. In your name I pray, amen. So thank you all. Now do you want to turn around and show it to them? That's what they did. Here you go. And um, we'll have to work on some of those definer points, okay? It was fun being closer and seeing what was happening. <laughs> Will you join me in our intercessory prayers this morning? Shall we pray? God of grace, triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you are our all in all, our wholeness, protection. By the invitation of your grace, we come this morning to lay before you the burdens we carry, the sufferings we endure, the issues with which we wrestle, often the memories of past wrongs, hurt, shame, and failure. May each of us know the touch of your loving hand in mercy and grace this morning, O Lord. We come this morning to pray for others. We think of those whose lives have been marred or diminished by prejudice or poverty. May we know and feel the suffering and pain of others. Guide us to all that we can do to help. Help us to live as children of the Father, sisters and brothers who, with the eyes of faith and concern, compassion, see other people as bearers of your image, temples in which your spirit dwells. May we be at peace with ourselves to live in a spirit of humility, to deal with others, even those who oppose us with gentleness, honesty, and respect. Teach us dialogue and not conflict. We pray this morning for our leaders, for the president, for secretaries of state, members of Congress, all who serve our country, those who serve our city, those who serve this particular community of five points. Grant each person wisdom. May they seek justice in all things and compassion. May they help those suffering from disease helping the most vulnerable. We pray this morning for all who work for peace, for peoples and lands that are divided, and those within families and children who suffer because of war. May we exhibit a spirit of compromise and abandonment of our ego, that lust for power and domination. Help all who are embroiled in conflict to see and cherish the humanity of others to see your love and presence in their eyes. Eternal Father, we pray for all whose lives have been blighted by loneliness, for all who this morning are facing the possibility of bad news, for those who are anxious or hurting, unable to sleep, who find little comfort. And we pray for those who are dying and for those who are bereaved. We give thanks this morning in the hope of the love of God 
And we pray for our loved ones departed, for those who inspired us and shaped our lives. May we with them one day sit at your eternal table, forgiven and restored at the feast of your kingdom. These prayers we offer in the name of our Savior Jesus and in his words we would sum up all our prayers together and say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
wonderful variety of anthems we're having on this theme of the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> I was just thinking, actually, I think one of these days I'm going to bring the Lord's Prayer in broad Scots and <laughs> see how that works, eh? <laughs> well, you know what the Lord's Prayer is, so you would understand it, basically. <laughs> in C.S. Lewis's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there is a passage when Lucy is asking Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, two of the talking animals of Narnia, about Aslan the Lion King, who will one day come back to release the land from the long winter of the witch. Mrs. Beaver says, if there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, and they're either braver than most of us or just silly, uh, then he isn't safe, asks Lucy. Safe, replies Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about being safe? But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. Prayer brings us into the presence of God. Safe? Well, because he is God our Father, as we noticed last week, we come before him with confidence, with assurance, without trepidation, knowing that we are accepted into his presence in forgiveness and grace and love. And yet that doesn't mean that we forget who he is, that he's exalted in heaven as our Father. And so we pray with reverence, with adoration, and we say, hallowed be your name. Peter Lewis in his book on the Lord's Prayer makes the observation, if love is how God is, then holy is what God is. Jesus, when he prayed in John 17, actually prays, holy father. The two go together, assurance that God is father, and yet also awe that he is holy. They're not opposites. They are complementary to each other. They unite our hearts in attitudes of confidence and knowing his care and concern for our lives, but also reverence of awe, of wonder and worship. God is love. God is holy. It is the je ne sais quoi particularity of God, the otherness of God. He is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty far greater and more glorious than our minds and hearts, our words and our thoughts about God cannot constrain him. We must be careful not to try to box God in, to contain him. In 1965, an American writer, David McCullough, wrote a book, The Trivialization of God, which had the subtitle, The Dangerous Illusion of a Manageable Deity. Manageable Deity. Anne Dillard is more forthright, when she asks, why do people in churches seem like a cheerful, brainless tourist on a package tour of the absolute? She has a way with words. Does anyone have the foggiest idea, she asks, what sort of power we so blithely invoke? So we pray, hallowed be thy name, and come, as Hebrews chapter 12 reminds us, to offer God an acceptable worship with reverence and with awe. Now at its heart, worship basically means honoring God in his worthship. That's what the old Anglo-Saxon word means. It means ascribing worth to God. He's worthy of honor and praise, attention and obedience. I particularly like the definition of worship that Archbishop William Temple gave in the midpoint of the 20th century. He says, worship is the quickening of the conscience by his holiness the nourishment of the mind with his truth, the purifying of the imagination with his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, 
and the surrender of the will to his purpose. And worship involves our whole being, body, soul, and spirit, the mind and the heart, the whole of life. Not just, as one writer says, moonlighting with God in the twilight world of Sundays in church. It's about the whole of life, every aspect of life, everything we do. As Paul reminds us in Romans 12, worship is offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So what does it mean to pray, hallowed be thy name? Well, we're not speaking about making God holy. He is holy. Perhaps it would be better to understand the prayer is saying, let your name be recognized as holy. May we acknowledge you as holy. So one aspect of praying this prayer is that we're aware of the, of the overwhelming majesty of God. Book of Revelation, all these strange depictions of the throne and the thrones around the throne and the God is on the throne. They're all meant to give us the impression that God is glorious, that God is majestic. And at the end of it, it says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The holy God we worship is the one whom we do not profane. Now, we most often think of this as cussing, taking God's name in vain. But perhaps a greater blasphemy is to assume that God is blessing all that we do in our lives, either as individuals, communities, or even as a nation. German soldiers went into World War II bearing the phrase, God with us, on their helmets. It was an invoking of the name of God as a, a patron saint of their actions. And we sometimes do that. We sometimes do it as, as countries. We think God is, is on our side. That can be as much a dishonoring of the name of God as anything else. When we pray, hallowed be your name, we're, we're both asking God to help to honor him and, and pledging ourselves not to dishonor him. I heard the story of a college student who was the first person in the family to go to college and he was offered illegal drugs and refused. Go ahead, said the dealer. It'll make you feel good and take the edge off of your nervousness. That's not the point, replied the student. My mother cleaned houses and washed floors to send me to college. I'm here because of her. I'm here for her. I'm not going to do anything that might demean her sacrifice for me. And that's one aspect of praying the prayer, hallowed be your name. May we not do anything to dishonor God. In the 16th century, the Lutheran church produced what was called the Heidelberg Catechism. And they put it this way, help us to direct all our living, what we think, say, and do, so that your name will never be dishonored because of us, but always honored and praised. Earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 5 of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus even says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I don't know about you, but when I read that verse, I kind of get struck dumb. I think, well, that's impossible, surely. Perfect? But it, it, it's a word in Greek that doesn't mean perfect in the sense of never doing anything wrong. But rather, it's a, mean, it's a word that means the end, the goal, the completion of what we're aiming for. That's what we seek above all things. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
And so we pray, hallowed be your name. May we become more and more like you. One image and metaphor that I I found helpful in thinking about this is is the idea that our life of worship, which includes everything we do, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as well as Sunday, is to learn the melody of adoration. Learn the melody of adoration. God delights to hear the melody of our lives, and hopefully we're in tune. Being in tune is very important. Yeah, being in tune. Being in tune with his will, enjoying the way that we live, our worship, the worship of our life arises to God as something that honors him. As the Second Vatican Council of the Roman Catholic Church put it, worship is the glorification of God and the sanctification of the faithful. When does the service begin, said a Quaker? At the end, when we leave. The whole of life is offered to God. Now, this kind of living takes time. Learning tunes, learning different notes requires discipline as well as native talent. I'm sure the choir would agree. We have a strict choir master. You practice, you practice, you practice. He's got a smile on his face, but I also know that he can be strict. (laughs) I get an amen, I get a witness from the choir. (laughs) But we we take it for granted that if something is worth doing, it's, it's worth doing well. It takes time and attention. So why not think about that with regard to the life of discipleship? Now, one aspect of hallowing God's name is to think about the way the word is used for the first time in Genesis chapter 2. After God finishes the work he's done, the first events, first six events of creation, we read that on the seventh day, he consecrated, he hallowed that day and set it apart as holy. Setting time apart as holy, the hallowing of time. I love the way Walter Brueggemann, Old Testament professor, quips about this event and he imagines God at the end of six days uh, on Friday night saying I'm not going into the office tomorrow I'm taking the day off I put in long hours and I'm going to put my feet up and enjoy all that I've accomplished and some people would think that's blasphemy to say that of God but God rests he sanctifies time in order that we might realize that we sanctify the whole of time by sometimes taking time out to reflect and think and meditate on what it means to be a Christian. Now we do this on a Sunday, the rhythm of our lives, but we do it at other times during the week because it all takes time. Now Brueggemann says we, uh, the danger of living in a social media saturated world is we think that everything is gonna happen quickly. We're impatient. We live in the fractions of seconds versus allowing sustained attention to big ideas, deep conversations, and even prolonged silence before God. To sanctify the name of God, to pray, hallowed be your name, I think also means we wait upon God in prayer. We, we, we wait, and that's the hardest thing for us, isn't it, to wait. But waiting reminds us that discipleship is a long obedience in the right direction. One place to decide on it is to think about holy time, to think about Sabbath time. Now, I don't think that Sabbath needs to be a Saturday or needs to be a Sunday. 
it can take place at different times of the week and the, and the day of the week that it takes place can be different according to our circumstances but we need to take time to rest to reflect and in that resting and reflecting and thinking about God we offer not just that time but we hallow the whole of time to the presence of our creator a period of rest can appear to be selfish leisure luxury people don't always take the vacation time they have they think it's almost selfish it's, it's bad but that's not a good use of time you're meant to take time out Herschel the Jewish scholar says observance of Sabbath is not primarily about our rest but about God's holiness he talks about how Jewish people have traditionally considered their religion as an observation of holiness in time. The sanctification of the whole of life, day by day, moment by moment. So we offer to God the day that begins at whatever time we get up. Sabbath offers us a precious opportunity to remember that the joy and purpose of our existence is to spend time honoring God and thinking of the needs of others as well as pursuing our own sense of vocation. In all of it, we offer ourselves to God. Sabbath can be seen as the beginning of a new week or Sabbath can be seen as the week as pilgrimage towards Sabbath. We're offering our time to God. The poet Wendell Berry, a deeply spiritual man, used to take a walk every Sunday morning and then go home and write a Sabbath poem. Here's part of the one he wrote in 1979. When we work well, a Sabbath mood rests in our day and finds it good. Taking time out for God. It means that we can rest and rejoice in his love and the gifts of creativity, give thanks to God and begin each week and end each week, begin each day thoughtfully, reflectively and prayerfully, offering our lives once again into the hands of a good God, a gracious God, a Father God, but remembering that this Father God is holy and so we pray, hallowed be your name. And so we honor God in this way. We bring all that we are into the presence of God and we worship him as we say, as we do every Sunday, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into the time of trial, but deliver us from the evil one and to you, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be the glory and the honor forever and ever. Amen. And so we respond to this God who pours out his love into our lives through the gift of the Holy Spirit. We sing 243, Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. Will you stand and sing this with me? 243.
pray with me? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this church and the opportunity we had to gather here this morning to worship you. Help us to never take this privilege for granted. As we prepare now to bring our offerings to you, help us to consider not only what our monetary offerings will be, but help us also to determine how to come ourselves, our time, our talents to you and your service. During the week to come, dear God, I pray that we will represent Christ and that to all those that we meet, we'll show the love that you have shown to us. Amen.
loving Lord, we present these tithes and offerings to you. And while they represent the monetary portion of our offering, we also know that those who have given have given of their time and talents and commit even to do more. We dedicate all of this to you, Lord, and ask that you would multiply it and use it for your kingdom's work. Amen. Should we be seated for just a moment, please? Once again, I want to welcome all those who are visitors with us today. We're glad that you're here and hope that uh, everyone will take time to stop long enough to fellowship a bit in the narthex there with some lemonade and cookies. And also want to thank those who uh, participated, especially today, uh, Brent and Liz here, and then also Cheryl, wherever Cheryl is. Oh, she's over there. Yeah. Thank you all for participating and, and uh, adding to what the choir does week after week. And thank you all for all you do. Um, it's always good to be here and to worship and to lift our voices, but also to sense the presence of God with us as it's uh, made even more evident through the presence of each other as we're here together and sharing with one another as we uh, fellowship and also as we journey together. So it's, uh, it is a pleasure to be in worship. It's also um, that which sort of inspires us and you know, it does inspire us and enables us to go forward into the work, into the week which is a Quaker meeting, and that the worship is that which we do, not only in the time gathered here, but also as we go out. Today, as we conclude our time, take a moment right before, right now, before we uh, hear the benediction, look around you. Just look at the people that are here. And this week, as you spend time in prayer, remember them and pray for them and bring them before the Lord and ask God to speak to them and encourage them in whatever they're facing this week. For all of us have something that we deal with day after day. Go forth to serve and to love the Lord. May the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each one of us now and forevermore. Amen.